Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by the last man standing with loserpool.com. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and we are here to review Mikel Arteta's first win as the Arsenal boss. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna. We are live on YouTube. Big hello to everybody who's tuned in currently, and of course to those who will be listening or watching this back uh, later on. A big hello to you all. Happy New Year to you all, our first podcast of 2020. Um, and what a great way it is to start. Arsenal getting their first victory under Mikel Arteta against an old enemy in Manchester United. It was a, a fantastic performance from the Gunners and we're going to be dissecting uh, that very display on today's episode. Um, I've got to say, having had a really heavy New Year's Eve, I had to almost drag myself to the Emirates Stadium. Not because I didn't want to go to the game, but I was so tired and the weather was miserable and it was cold and it was dark. And of course, Arsenal was the last game of the day, the 8pm kickoff, which isn't ideal on a New Year's Day when you've got to wake up the next morning uh, and crack on with work. You know, it's difficult enough coming back from the Christmas and New Year's period, let alone having to have a late night uh, out at the Emirates. But I dragged myself there and I'm bloody glad I did because it was Arsenal's best display of the season, probably one of Arsenal's best displays over the last 18 months or so. So I was really, really pleased uh, to see that. Um, Mikel Arteta's first win as Arsenal boss, like I've said, and First and foremost, for me, it's more about the Arsenal performance than the result itself. Now, Arsenal beating Manchester United, who, let's face it, are not the great side that they once were, isn't really the biggest deal in the world. And I don't mean to take anything away from Arsenal, but for me, it was about the way we performed. It was about the way we dominated. It was about the way we controlled the game and the way we managed it, having gone two goals to the good. Because we saw against Chelsea just a few days earlier that the first half performance was there, um, but we couldn't maintain that. And Arsenal almost looked like they were, uh, you know, I thought we were better against United than we were against Chelsea. But Arsenal almost looked as if they were in danger of falling into that trap again, of starting the game fast, starting the game strong and essentially running out of steam and allowing the opponent back into it. So it was really positive to see that we were able to see the game out in the way we did and manage the game well and make sure um, that United didn't really have a route uh, back into the game. They they had a few opportunities um, in the second half, sort of nothing overly clear cut, but a few bits and pieces here and there. Um, but, you know, we're not going to turn into world beaters overnight and people need to to realise that. Uh, so, like I said, it, for me, it's, it's the performance that I, I take great heart from. And the fact that Mikel Arteta has been able to make such a huge difference and implement new ideas in such a short space of time tells us, doesn't it, that the players are on side. The players have bought into what it is that Mikel Arteta wants to do and the fans have bought into it as well because the atmosphere at the Emirates Stadium yesterday um, and against Chelsea, to be fair, um, has been noticeably better. It's been miles better than it has been uh, in recent months. They're seeing the effort from the players. They're seeing uh, the desire to win and the desire to pick up points. And that is feeding through into the crowd. And Mikel Arteta has spoken about that repeatedly, hasn't he? He's spoken about the fact that he believes 
um, that if the players transmit the right energy through to the crowd, they'll have the crowd on side. And I think that's absolutely right. Um, Going to do some player ratings. Um, Going to start off with uh, Bernd Leno in goal. He gets a seven for me. Um, Bernd Leno, of course, as he is most of the time, was assured in between the sticks. There were just a couple of moments where he played us into a little bit of trouble with his, his sort of that diagonal looping pass out from the back where he looks for the fullback. And there was a few times he tried to go to Kalasinac or, or Saka a bit later on, and he put us under a little bit of pressure there. So for that reason, I'm going to give Bernd Leno a seven. Um, Ainsley Maitland-Niles played at right back, and we've seen a huge upturn in Maitland-Niles' performances since Mikel Arteta has come in. Um, he looks like he's given him the kick up the arse that he needed, and he looks like, you know, he understands his role a lot more. Ainsley Maitland-Niles has been accused of being a little bit casual at times, a little bit lackluster, and I have to agree with that. He's somebody that I've sort of taken issue with in the last few months, but I thought that yesterday um, and against Chelsea, we saw a much, much better Ainsley Maitland-Niles. So for me, um, he gets an eight. I thought he was very good at Bournemouth. He was very good against Chelsea. And considering that this boy is not a right back, I think he's taken to the role uh, really, really well. Yes, there have been dips along the way, but I think since Mikel Arteta's come in, we've seen a clear upturn in his performances. Um, at centre-back, Socrates obviously got Arsenal's second goal and it was almost like a Greek dance move the way he kicked that into the roof of the net. And, you know, whatever we say about Socrates, he does care and he does try and he does show effort. Um, not the most technically gifted of footballers. I think we'll all agree with that. Sometimes he's a little bit rash. Sometimes he's a little bit overzealous and that enthusiasm clouds his judgment a little bit. And he has mad moments as a result of that. But he got the goal yesterday um but also turned in a decent de central defensive display there were a couple of times where he came out charging out of his position uh in order to close down and that's that over enthusiasm that i mentioned where he gets sort of sucked into things and fortunately we didn't get punished for it but I, I thought that he was good but i thought that his defensive part central defensive partner i should say david lewis was a lot better. So Socrates gets a seven for me and Lewis gets an eight. I thought that David Lewis um, was the David Lewis that we all thought we were signing in the sense that he was dominant. He was confident, bringing the ball out of defence, making um, ambitious passes. And I know sometimes that can get you into trouble. And I've just said that about Bern Leno, that at times he's, you know, <laughs> maybe overcomplicating of things put us under pressure and put us into some difficult situations. But aside from Lewis's technical ability, which we all knew he had, he's really been putting himself about in the last couple of weeks. And I thought his post-match um, comments were really, really interesting, but we're going to touch on that a little bit later on. But David Lewis gets an eight for me. He was very good against Chelsea um, and very, very good against Manchester United. So David Lewis, uh, hats off to him. He got an eight. At left back, I'm going to go with eight and a half for Sead Kalasinac. I thought in that first period, he was unplayable. Now, Sead Kalasinac has his faults. And at times, defensively, he's a little bit naive. Sometimes he gets caught too far up the pitch. But what Sead Kalasinac brings to the party is this drive and this power that we don't have from anybody else. And when he's in full flow and when he gets his head down and he drives up and down that flank, I don't think there's anyone in the league as difficult to knock off the ball. He's strong. He's powerful. 
he's surprisingly got a lot of pace for a player that looks a little bit heavy at times. You know, again, defensively, there are question marks over, say, Kalasinac. But yesterday he was fantastic. And we heard from Mikel Arteta that Seja Kalasinac wasn't even fit, but offered to play given the situation that Arsenal were in. He made himself available, which is the right attitude to be displaying and something very, very positive. Now, his selection did come as a surprise to us. None of us thought that he would be back. None of us thought he'd be fit enough for the bench, let alone to start the game. They didn't last the entire game. Um, and he was replaced a little bit later on in the second half by Bukayo Saka. Um, not going to give Saka a rating because I don't think he played long enough. Looked a little bit nervous, though, at times, um, which was a little bit of a concern. But again, we're talking about a very young player who's being asked to play out of position. And all things considered, he's done very well, too. Um, in the centre of midfield, Granit Xhaka, um, again, showing exactly what it is that the managers and the coaches... Uh, that have gone by have seen in this play. You know, the fan base get on his back. People criticise him. I've always maintained that Granit Xhaka is a far better option in the middle of the park um, than what we have, you know, what we have at our disposal. And I I, I think Matteo Genduzzi's got his positives, but I think he's a little bit rash. I think he's a little bit um, ill-disciplined when it comes to his positioning and the petulant things that he gets involved in. For me, Granit Xhaka again turned in a really, really solid display, some really good passes. He was under pressure a lot at times. He turned his way out of trouble a few times, and I know that has its risks, but for me, Granit Xhaka deserved an eight. I thought Arsenal's midfield completely dominated Manchester United's, and Granit Xhaka was a huge part of that. Alongside him was Lucas Torreira. Now, to think that Unai Emery was putting this guy as a number 10 and playing him further up the pitch when it's so clear and so evident that his best position and his strongest attribute is that to winning the ball back in the middle of the park, to being tenacious, to putting a stop to attacks, as Martin Keown calls it. He puts out fires and he does it with such energy and such enthusiasm and such passion. He got an eight and a half for me, Lucas Torreira. I thought he was fantastic. I thought it was fantastic against Chelsea as well. Um, he is showing signs of getting a little bit tired in the later stages of games, but that's understandable because Arsenal haven't played with anywhere near this intensity for quite some time. But I thought Torreira was fantastic. Um, Nicolas Pepe got the nod. He started on the right-hand side and he, for me, gets an eight. Um, there are a few things about Nicolas Pepe that frustrate me. Uh, and one of them, or the main one, I should say, is his eagerness at times to, or, or not eagerness, I should say, his unwillingness to take on a player on the outside and go at them with pace. Luke Shaw looked as if he'd eaten way too many mince pies over Christmas. And I just wanted to see Nicola Pepe knock the ball past him a few times and go and really put him under pressure and, and really, you know, run him ragged. That didn't really happen. But Nicolas Pepe is, is clearly a very left-footed player. He always wants to cut inside. I just think he could do it a little bit quicker at times and he could do it with a little bit more um, impetus and that would stand him in, in far greater stead. But having said that, Nicolas Pepe scored the opening goal. He, he made a great diagonal run into the box. He had to check his run because the ball was deflected. It was slightly behind him and it was a good, calm and composed finish. He also had a shot that came crashing off the post um, after David De Gea's poor clearance. And again, you know, we saw what this guy is capable of. We saw that he can produce, um, maybe not as often as he should just yet. 
Um, and I've been someone who's been critical of Nicolas Pepe because I don't think he's been great since he arrived at the Emirates. But yesterday, he, he showed what he can do. He showed a really, 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 um, you know, strong improvement. And you could see after getting the goal, his confidence was there. He was beating people, he was taking people on, stepping inside. And that was really, really good to see. And when people compare him to Reese Nelson, and I've heard people saying that they would rather see Reese Nelson in the team than Nicolas Pepe. What on earth are you watching? What are you seeing from Reese Nelson that suggests he can produce more than Nicolas Pepe? The guy never produces any end product. He doesn't score goals. He doesn't create chances. His final delivery is often poor. Um, what what do people see in it? He's got a bit more um, drive and directness in him maybe at times when he runs with the ball. But other than that, I just don't see it. So for me, it's time now to build uh, on Nicolas Pepe's positive display. Keep him in the team. I know this has been a really difficult period in terms of the, the amount of games and this needed to be rotation. But now moving forward, I think you've got to keep Nicolas Pepe in the side, stick with him and give him the confidence that he's so clearly been lacking um, in recent months. Um, on the left-hand side, it was Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Seven. Um, I thought he worked hard, Aubameyang. I, I thought that he worked a lot harder than he has in recent weeks. I thought that was the case against Chelsea as well, uh, providing a lot of cover on that left-hand side, which was, of course, very helpful. Um, good to see that from him. But um, there were a couple of opportunities where I thought he could have done more with the ball. Um, so that's the reason I've given him a seven. It was by no means a bad performance. I don't think anybody had a bad performance in an Arsenal shirt yesterday, but Aubameyang gets a seven for me. Um, Mesut Ozil, for me, gets an eight um, because not only did he use the ball well, I thought he very rarely conceded possession. You know, not always the killer pass that you look for from Mesut Ozil, but he was recycling the ball really, really well. And his work rate was incredible. He recovered the ball more, I think it was 10 times, more times than any Arsenal player yesterday, um, which silences those who say that he doesn't work hard enough, which is a myth anyway. It's always been a myth. Um, you know, when you look at uh, statistics and you look at it in detail, it's always been a myth that Mesut Ozil doesn't work for the team. He seems to believe in, in Mikel Arteta and you've seen a clear uplift in his performances, first Bournemouth, then Chelsea, now Manchester United. And it goes to show, doesn't it, what players can do and how much they can raise their game when they actually believe in the man instructing them, in the man leading them. And it's clear that Ozil uh, has a far better relationship with uh, Mikel Arteta than he did with Unai Emery. And uh, adding to that, what motivation did Mesut Ozil have to play for Unai Emery when he was bringing him back in the team almost every time he was desperate? Um, he overlooked him. He said he wasn't good enough. He didn't want him in his side, etc., etc kept publicly shaming him. And then whenever things got really, really bad, he'd call on him. And, and so it was understandable for me. It's not an excuse a professional should play, but you can see why Ozil's performances are picked up and why he's shown far more drive in an Arsenal shirt than he did uh, under Unai Emery. Um, Lacazette up top, he gets a seven for me. Um, did really, really well at times to hold the ball up. Twisted turn well, but again, had a couple of opportunities, a couple of guilt-edged opportunities that he completely wasted. The one that springs to mind, which was all of his own making, by the way, where he turned at uh, the defender and he just completely scuffed the shot. Um, he might have been better off going out with the outside of his right boot there, looking for that far corner, uh, than swinging his left foot at it wildly because it went out for a throw-in um, in the end. 
Look, Lacazette's out of form, but at the very least, you get work rate from Lacazette. And for that reason, um, he deserves uh, some praise and, and he gets a seven for me. Um, I've already touched on it, but the, the pressing. Uh, and they highlighted it on Match of the Day. I don't know if you guys have seen uh, Match of the Day from, from last night, but you could see Arsenal pressing as a pack in numbers. Look, we couldn't maintain it for 90 minutes. As a result, we dropped a lot deeper in the second half. But... You know, it is clear as day that the fitness levels aren't anywhere near where they need to be uh, in order to to play with the intensity that Mikel Arteta demands. Um, he said as much that it wasn't in his plans coming in, the fitness stuff. He's probably um, been taken aback by how unfit this team are as well. And when you consider that when Unai Emery came in, people were always banging on about the intensity and how he's going to get people fitter and how he's going to get people working hard. It's very, very... Um, you know, it's very, very clear that that wasn't actually going on and that slipped in the last few months of Unai Emery's tenure. It's going to take time to build it up. Um, this is a particularly difficult period of the season because you've come in as a new manager. There's lots of games that come in thick and fast, but you don't necessarily have time to train much because of the, the close proximity between games. Therefore, it was never going to be easy um, for Mikel Arteta to, to get players to the level he needs to very quickly, particularly at this point in the season. I do think, however, it's something that he's aware of. He's mentioned it. He will address it. Um, and going forward, we should see an improvement in that department. Um, I've already touched on, on, on Mesut Ozil's uh, work rate for a manager but he believes in, but that's not just the case of Mesut Ozil, is it? It's clear with lots of others as well. To see Granit Xhaka with a smile on his face after everything that happened in the last couple of months is great. Um, Mikel Arteta says he believes he will stay. Uh, and I think we need him to stay. Um, you know, unless we go and sign big, which I don't believe we're going to do in January, um, particularly not in that area of the pitch anyway, then I don't see how you can allow him to go. Um, I think you need to keep on to him. He's one of the better midfield options that we have. Uh, and, you know, you've seen from him, from Torreira, um, and from various others, that there's been a massive, massive improvement, not just in their performances, not just in their work rates, but in their attitudes. They are playing with a smile on their faces. And I don't know if you guys have seen um, uh, David Lewis and Socrates' interview after the game on BT Sport, where they suggested that it was an unhappy camp under Unai Emery. They didn't really say it outright, but they suggested that. They also made it clear that they're not physically where they need to be. The players have acknowledged that because of the fact they're struggling in second halves. Um, but the, the good thing is that, you know, as David Lewis said, if you're happy, you will perform to a much higher level. And he said, you'd rather sleep four hours, I think, um, happy than sleep eight hours miserable. I think I've got that quote right. Um, if I haven't, excuse me, um, but I was very tired when I watched that back last night. Um, but anyway, the point of it is that you're seeing uh, just how much of an uplift there has been around the whole camp and around the mood. Um, new coaching staff have come in, fresh outlook on things. Freddie's still there, um, keeping a bit of the the old... Um, you know, the old guard. And I wasn't sure about Freddie staying on, not because I don't like Freddie, not because I think he'd done a bad job as the interim coach, but more so because he was part of the Emery regime. And I thought that things were so bad that maybe we needed to, to just get rid of everyone. Um, but if he can work under Arteta effectively, then I'm all for that. Um, you know, and fingers crossed, um, you know, his career can push on and develop from that as well. Look, at the end of the day, 
it was a great win. But as I said at the very beginning, it wasn't so much the result that I took encouragement from. You could beat Manchester United 2-0. Worst teams in Arsenal have beaten Manchester United this season. But what we have seen is a real difference in our style of play. And to implement that so quickly in a period where we won't have had many training sessions is a testament to how good a coach Mikel Arteta is. Let's not jump the gun. There is a long way to go, but real positive signs. And I'm really, really proud to say I'm an Arsenal fan. I'm really proud to stand there and cheer that team on when they are performing in that fashion, when they're performing in that manner. Um, going to come over to some of your comments in the live chat now. If you've got any questions, now's the time to throw them in there while I read through uh, some of the earlier comments and I'll, I'll try and answer a couple of those um, as well before we wrap up. Uh, Steve Harrington says, buzzing, me too, mate. Um, fantastic uh, display. And, and again, like I said, really proud uh, to call myself an Arsenal fan and to, not that I was never proud, to, not that I was, not that I was never, but not that I wasn't proud before to call myself an Arsenal fan. And But, you know, you do feel a little bit disconnected from a club when what they're producing is so far from what you want and so far from what you believe they should be. Um, so it's, glad, it's great to have that enthusiasm back. And I think I'm not the only one who will be feeling that way. Uh, Carrie Tanninen says, Arteta even looks cool, like a mafia hitman. Uh, Dean Harper says, Happy New Year. Very happy now. Uh, exactly. Happy New Year to you all uh, and to you, Dean. Um, Arsenic Gunner says, Xhaka, Xhaka, Xhaka. Granite, granite, granite. Hello, Harry. Granite Xhaka has been been brilliant um, in the last few weeks. And to be fair to him, even before Arteta came in, once he returned after that whole uh, incident, he, he's been a different player. He's been a lot better and he deserves a lot of credit for that because um, it would have been very easy, wouldn't it, to have downed tools. Um, Tommy O'Donoghue says, fantastic to see the effort from our players. Savage work. They were out on their feet, but they kept going until the end. Um, let's see uh, what else we've got here. Sassid Wasami. I can't help but curse that damn Microsoft PowerPoint after watching Arteta referring to the PowerPoint that allegedly got Unai Emery the job um, over Mikel Arteta. Um yeah, I, look, I, I don't necessarily think that that was why Unai Emery got the job. I know a lot was made of that at the time. Um, I just think that given Arteta's inexperience, I think that Arsenal felt that they just may, wanted to make the safer appointment. And at the time, Unai Emery was the safer choice, wasn't he? He's someone who'd won things in his career, uh, won a league title in France, of course, won three Europa League trophies. It was a safer option. Wasn't the right option. We know that now. Um, some of us realised it maybe a little bit earlier than others, but that's probably not because people don't understand the game, but more so because they wanted him to do well. Um, and that's understandable as well as as fans. Um, let's see what else we've got here. Toffer A says, Martinelli still to come back. So we've got to figure out what we'll do there. Yeah, that's right. Um, but with the games coming thick and fast with the Europa League, the FA Cup's going to start in January as well. Um, well. It starts next Monday. We've got Leeds at home in the third round. I think there's plenty of games and plenty of time for everybody to get a fair shout. As long as the attitude um, amongst the group is is consistent in the sense that they all buy into what Arteta is doing and they all understand, they all work with the same intensity, then, you know, it's great that we can bring the likes of Martinelli in and out of the team. Uh, King Gunner says, in two to three weeks, the fitness levels of this team will shoot high up. We will be a threat. Um, hopefully, mate, hopefully it is um, uh, 
it improves uh, sooner rather than later, of course. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, Indica and Sativa TV. Hi, Harry. Big shout out to you guys. Um, big thumbs up to you guys as well. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, S Cricket Ball says, watching from Trinidad and Tobago. Hey, dude, mate, I bet it's a lot warmer there than it is here at the moment. I've got the heating on. Um, I've got a couple of layers on. I'm still bloody freezing. Uh, but what can we do? What can we do? That is England for you in the winter. Um, Fab 88 says, Niles should make this position his. It's time for him to revive his career, and it would be great to see one of our own succeed at this club. Um, yeah, I, I think, like I said, I've already said it on, on this podcast. I don't want to repeat myself too much, but there has been a pickup in, in NC Maitland-Niles' performances. Still not convinced that he's a right back in the long term, um, but he's kind of got to decide if he wants a future at Arsenal, then maybe he's got more chance of nailing down a position there than he does in the centre of midfield. Um but it's great to have players who are flexible. It's great to have players who are um, versatile. Um, and fingers crossed we can see Ainsley Maitland-Niles uh, get back to, you know, the kind of form that got him into the team in the first place, because I think that he did um, suffer a real, real dip, particularly um, towards the end of uh, uh, of Unai Emery's tenure. Uh, Alex Chalmers says, bring in Santi Cazorla alone. Think about it. Club legend. Great goal. Uh, club legend, great guy, sorry, for the change room. Knows what it takes to play for a club like Arsenal and who we can bring on in the second half, a win-win. Um, yeah, we all love Santi Cazorla and his technical ability cannot be denied. Fantastic player. But injuries have been a problem for him um, and I don't necessarily think he, he's still able to play at the intensity in which the Premier League demands. Arteta is going to demand pressing, physicality. Not sure that Cazola still has that in him, but there's no doubt he's a fantastic player and it's great to see him uh, doing well in Spain again. Uh, Nick says, very, very promising signs. Fair play to Arteta. I think he's surprised us all with how he's presented himself. I think you're right, mate. I think you are right. Um, Ryan Martin says, signing a top quality centre-back in January is key. Looks like Chambers could be out for the rest of the season. Upa Makano would be a perfect signing. Transfer window's open. It's January. Arsenal are going to be linked with anyone and everyone over the next few weeks. Don't get carried away by the rumours. Upa Makano is a realistic target, um, but I'm not counting my chickens yet because, um, you know, it's very early days. And, and you know, it's unlikely that Arsenal are going to spend ridiculous money in this January transfer window, in my view. Um, they might surprise us. They surprised us with the Pepe signing, but we'll see. Um, but I wouldn't get too carried away with big money signings uh, in this upcoming window. Uh, Birat says, still gutted by that Chelsea defeat. We deserve to win yesterday. Um, we deserve to win. Yesterday was a joy. It's still buzzing. Yeah, um, I, I agree with that, mate. Um, what else have we got here? Um, A79 says, son of arson and student of Pep in charge. A match made in football heaven. I hope that it's a turning point for the season and not just one good result, but we'll need some real January business. Right. Thank you for all your live interaction and a big thank you to everybody who is, of course, uh, watching us or listening to us back uh, on the replay. We are very, very grateful for your support. Happy New Year to you all once again, and we'll be back um, uh, uh, tomorrow. 
looking ahead to the Leeds United game, uh, which comes on Monday night in the FA Cup third round. Don't forget to hit the like button. There's my hand above it. There it is. Uh, like button, share the video, and, of course, subscribe. That's so, so important. Um, all of those things are important. Please do them. Please help out uh, the channel. It's grown brilliantly in the last few months. Really, really proud of where we are and our audio uh, following is is growing uh, week on week as well. Um, so thank you all once again. And uh, we'll be back very, very soon uh, with more. Um, so until then, take care of yourselves. Um, if you're back to work, uh, don't worry. Uh, it's lunchtime now, so the day's uh, nearly over. But uh, yeah, take care and thank God the weekend is just around the corner. Take care.